Hello there, everybody. Welcome back to the Seattle interview series. I apologize, Cliff. This is my 55th interview, so we're one off. Oh, I, man. I apologize, man. I should have gone and gotten somebody else and do it, so we could have <laughs> hit on the perfect. For for the numbers' sake, we'll just call it 56. This is my yeah. fifth Seahawks interview that I've done. A 10-year NFL veteran, you know, a Super Bowl champion that has to be mentioned, the pro bowler, uh, now a retailer, you know, in the game. Just really quickly, obviously, we saw you at Champions of Change. We're going to touch on that. But how have things been for you lately? Has it mostly been the retail game, uh, the the realtor game, or uh, is there anything else that you've been uh, working on since then? Man, so we're actually working on Champions of Change, bringing it back, uh, the basketball game again um, this year. I'm not even sure if I was supposed to say that or not because we haven't recorded <laughs> We're working on that and, and possibly bringing it back. But um, real estate, man, that's kind of what consumes all my time now uh, while the kids are at school, at least, uh, you know, just building out my, my real estate company, building everything out as far as for, you know, strategies and different things like that, building out my team. Uh, I'm really enjoying it, though, man. The entrepreneur path, uh, the bug has gotten me. I've, I've been kind of down this road for a few years now, and now it's it's kind of coming together. So I'm excited about it. Well, you know, and I got to admit to you, I was never too big into it uh, myself. But hearing you talk about it, it's kind of it, it stokes the the interest there. So I'll, we'll be glad to touch on that in a little bit. Obviously, you know, I want to go over some of the football stuff. Um, you had a great knack for forcing fumbles. Now, I'm was that something that you worked on specifically? You know, that was something that you go into practice, whether that was at Purdue or through your time with Detroit or Seattle that hey, I'm working on getting the football out. Because obviously Pete Carroll talks about all about being about the ball, right? Yeah. Is that something that was a specific approach that you took? Because, I mean, you led your position in forced fumbles in the NFL in 2011. Everybody remembers all the forced fumbles in Seattle. Yeah. Just was that something that you primarily worked on? Most definitely. Um, you know, from 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 early on, even in college, I had a few sack fumbles. It, it, but it, I, I can't lie and say, you know, it was something I focused on in college. But when I got to the pros, um, a good coach of mine, Chris Kasirk, he's actually the D-line coach for the for the 49ers right now. And he had me early on and used to just say, hey, man, try to attack the elbow, attack the elbow when you get to the quarterback. And so it always resonated with me. But then when I got to Seattle, it became even bigger because obviously Coach Carroll has a turnover day. But uh, I remember my first camp in Seattle and I was just like, man, you know, I was kind of the older guy. Uh, and I'm watching all these guys work and watching Richard Sherman, young Richard Sherman, young Cam, Earl, all these guys. And, you know, they would get picks. That was how they would get their turnovers. Bobby and those guys, they get picks. And Dan Quinn, he's, he said it in a meeting one time. He's like, man, find whatever it is that you're going to be great at and 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 be able to contribute to this team like whatever that looks like and my whole thing was like all right well how do I get turnovers it's going to be sack fumbles it has to be sack fumbles so I, I kind of that kind of became my focus and my way of being able to put a uh uh make an impact on the game you know because I'm not going to get interceptions or anything like that so whenever you get to that quarterback go after the ball as well so it just became more of an emphasis when I got here but I was already kind of doing it but that was my main way of being able to contribute to to a team that was so great it's interesting to, you know, because obviously you talk about the word team, right? And just everybody doing their part. And that's what, I mean, obviously you look at any great team and that's what makes them great in that sense is everybody doing their part. Um, speaking about team and about Coach Carroll, I'm sure you saw it, right? You know, you've got the Seattle hat on. You're part of this team and this franchise for a good amount of time. 
the offseason happens. I know you had a post about it. Russell and Bobby are out, you know, instantly. Everybody's shocked. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, something that I thought was apparent was the culture that that guy's built, you know, just the way that guys are interested. Obviously, there's been talks with with players who have left, you know, maybe they, you know, it's not their thing. And that's fine. Right. But can you just talk to the culture builder that he is getting guys invested uh, Quandre Diggs talked about it during Super Bowl week about how he ran through a whiteboard before the, the Denver game. And then he did it again. You know, this is a guy who, I mean, he's not young, but he, he's going out there and he's acting like he is. And he always has, right. Can you just from someone yeah. that was in that locker room, right. Yeah. During those, so to say, prime years of this uh, franchise, so to say, what sort of culture builder that's like, because as a player, I'm sure a lot of people can talk about that's a fun way to play. No doubt. Definitely was fun. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. My first year, year and a half here in Seattle, I was always looking at Coach Carroll with the side eye like, man, this ain't real. You know what I mean? Like, ain't no <laughs> way. This, you can't keep this this going, you know, uh, for, for a long time. I thought it was like the honeymoon stage, you know what I mean, type mm-hmm. of thing. But, man, I've known him for 10 years now, and he's been consistent. That's who he is. And I think he understands that, um, one, showing players – that that you know he still has it like I go to practice still to this day I'll still go to practice I went to practice every Thursday this past year and he'd be running sprints down the uh, the sidelines you know what I mean it's like this man 70 something years old and he's you know what I'm saying he's <laughs> he's still so like the energy he understands what that brings to the team you know if your leader and the head man is always positive he's always got energy it's only right that it's going to trickle down into the locker room. It's only going to trickle down into the coaching staff and different things like that. So, so for me, it took me a while to, to buy into the, to, to who he is and, and how he coaches. But also I think the biggest thing with coach Carroll is he understands that if you allow players to be themselves, you'll get the best out of them. You know what I mean? And, and what I mean by that is the NFL is very militant. Like, you know what I mean? Some coaches want you tucking their shirts in when you get into the building. Some coaches, you know, you, if you mess up, they get the yelling and hollering and all this other stuff. Coach Carroll's completely different in how he ran his shit, right? So I think all of those things are why he's able to have so much success, even this past year. Think about this past year going into the season. No one expected the season to go the way it went. No one expected Geno to play the way he played. But the fact that Coach Carroll believed in him, he showed him a, a, a system that will allow him to flourish. It, only, it, it it makes sense. You know, I had a talk with the guys this offseason. Coach Carroll, uh, like I said, I go to practice, so he had me break the guys down um, this summer. And I told him flat, I'm like, bro, don't nobody in this world right now believe in you guys. But if you all believe in each other, that's all you need. If everybody in this building believes in you, that's all you need to be able to go out and have success. And I can't say they bought into that particular message, but that's exactly what they did. They believed in one another. And they went out and won some ball games. That was some, um, you know, like 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 you were saying, that was what seemed apparent, you know, and and you know, I, I admit to you, right? You know, we talk, we have our weekly show that we do every Monday where we recap the week, you know, going through training camp. I wasn't sure. I gotta admit to you. And I'm wrong. We're gonna be wrong in this industry, you know. Most people, uh, most people are wrong. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, um we're not in that I'm not in that locker room, you know. Uh so just to see how tight that team was. You know, and and at the, at the end of that 49ers game, guys like Ryan Neal are talking about how how the bond is, how they're going to be back. It, it seems really special, you know, and you talking about being back at practice was something that I did want to touch on because 
lately you've seen guys uh Marshawn hangs around here and there cam is around you know i know kj has had his show uh with kgr and such at least from you i don't know if you can speak on some of those other guys but what brings you back you know to this organization to hang around to to give your knowledge you know i know you do some some work with SAC 360. I want to acknowledge that, right? Sure. But this team specifically, you know what I mean? What what is it that brings people back? Because I don't you don't necessarily see that all the time with guys wanting to come back to the organization. You know, it's like I played there, but that's not that's not time I'd want to spend. You know what I mean? What because that's something that you see. You see, oh, it's so great to see Cam back, right? You see Richard right. hanging around, right? What yeah. can you just speak on that a little bit? Yeah, well, to be candid with you, most teams in the NFL wouldn't even allow that to be a thing, right? Mm -hmm. To have their their veteran players come through or whatever. But um, it goes back to what Coach, like what I was saying about Coach Carroll and the organization in general. You know, one, obviously winning the championship helps, right? But they also understand, we understand what it means to have a real team, right? Also understand what it looks like to play championship football. So why wouldn't you want those guys around? Why wouldn't you want those guys that have been in the trenches? Got and it's crazy to hear you say that. Uh, before we got on, you're like, man, like in junior high, you guys were like, you know, like <laughs> made grown up. You know, I mean, like it's crazy to me to think about it, but it like it's been ten years. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like a lot of the kid, like a lot of people come up to us and be like, man, you made my childhood amazing. I'm like, your childhood? I'm not that go. Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry, Cliff. I'm about? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but but it makes sense though. If like ten years ago, I was 25 years old, 26 years old. You take it back. Some of these people that are talking to me, they're 20 years old, 24, 25 years old. They were 15 years old. So it makes sense. Right. But um, so I say that to say, like the guys in the locker room right now are all like they all used to watch us as well. Mm -hmm. So seeing us come around, I think, um, you know, the guys, hey, man, hey, man, I'm such a big fan of you. Hey, they're asking questions like, what does it look like to have championship football? Because football is football. But being able to get that dynamic to get guys together to be able to play at a high level like we were able to do for so long, it's hard to replicate. So having us in the building, uh, you know, and being able to speak from a player's perspective, I think just brings uh, a different insight to the guys. And they're very much interested in. So hats off to the Seahawks for allowing us to be able to come through and, and, and keep us around the game, but also be able to give the game back. And so that's that's actually a perfect segue. We talk about some of the guys, you know. I'm sure after a little bit of like, oh, I should I used to watch you, you know, asking questions, trying to get better, you know. And again, I want to touch on Sack 360 because I know that's something that you work on and something that you know you're proud of. Is there? I, I'm sure there's a bunch, but is there like a a primary key piece of advice you would give to a young pass rusher trying to come up, especially in today's game, right? The rules are changing. There's all that discourse about that, you know. Uh, hitting the quarterback what you're not supposed to do is there a key piece of advice that a young pass rusher should know coming up trying to get in today's nfl all that sort of thing i would say man the one thing that honestly made me a a, a, a decent player was the sack fumble what i, I and I, I picked it up from oc manure actually and I, mm -hmm. I told him this uh not too uh too long ago was like bro you made me want to fall you made me fall in love with the sack because i heard him say one time he's like man if you get the sack fumble, sometimes you don't even have to hit the ground. You know what I'm saying? Like, if you hit the elbow hard enough, sometimes you don't even have to hit the ground. Sometimes you don't even have to get dirty, right? So hmm. if that's the case, the way the rules are now, if you can swipe down at the elbow, get the ball out, you ain't got to worry about falling onto the quarterback. Now, don't get me wrong. I think the rule makes, like, for the quarterback that's super soft, everybody else is getting hit out there. Why can't they get hit? But that's for another topic and subject, right? <laughs> but 
to fix that as a pro, you got to find ways to, to 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 adapt to how uh, the rules are played. So why not go after the elbow and, and 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 be able to get the ball out? So that's what I would tell guys. And whenever I'm training guys, I'm like, man, look, attack the elbow, attack the elbow. I don't care what quarterback it is. And it, all your favorites over the last decade, I've hit their elbow and the balls come out. You know what I mean? So so if you attack the elbow, it gives you a better chance of getting the sack fumble. And also, you don't have to worry about penalties. That's yeah. Wow. That's a great, you know, if I was a pastor, I'm way too skinny, way too small to play defensive. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. Yeah, that's and Osio Manure, obviously a great, a great. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, and then this kind of transitions, you know, I know I've been talking about Zach 360, but have you, and you're, you obviously seem really well-versed in what you got going on now. And it doesn't seem like you would want to change from that. Would you ever consider did, or did you previously consider coaching at a team level or is that something like, Hey man, I've got my family, you know, I'm going into something different now. Uh, it might be too time consuming. Right. I know a lot of people talk about that. Just want yeah. the, 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 weight that football takes on is that something you ever considered or do you still think about that um you know maybe for a brief second i might have thought about it but honestly uh what scares me with coaching I, I love being able to teach the game and and i you know my first year of sitting on the sidelines was my last year like i up until my last game uh my last season here with the seahawks i had only missed five games in 10 years right wow. so like i wasn't used to being on the sidelines but I got hurt early in my 10th season. So for, you know, 10 games, I got to be like a coach in the sense, a player coach. I was telling it, and it was gratifying to be able to tell some one of the young kids, to go, uh, players to do something and they go out there and do it and they get a sack. You're like, man, that, like it's nothing more gratifying than that. Right. But one thing that kept resonant, uh, kept coming up in, in, in my head was like, man, as a, as a professional athlete, I would get to the, uh, to the building at 6 a.m. Uh, for workouts, right? I'll get there about six o'clock and then the entire day and I'm there from six to six. Guess what? Mm -hmm. The coaches was there when I got there and the coaches were going to be there for a few oh, more hours man. when I left, right? So I might have like, mm, I feel like I'd be being selfish to my kids if I decided I want to be uh, a, a, a coach now um, because the hours will be even crazier than it was when I was playing, you know, and I missed out on so much when I was playing. So I just didn't feel like it, it'd be fair to my kids uh, maybe someday, but I like the role that I have now where I can just come in, you know, give my little nuggets to the guys. Uh, the coaches are OK with it and then go about my business. I don't necessarily need to be compensated for it. I mean, heck, I got 10 years of experience in the NFL. I'm never going to use those experiences again. So I might as well give the game back to the guys. That's what you love to hear, too. Is guy, that, again, that's some, you know, as someone born and raised in Seattle, you know, when people really enjoy it here, you get a great sense of pride in that. And seeing guys like you coming back and wanting to be no, I didn't even know that you had been there. All you know, all those uh, you said Thursdays, I believe. Thursday, yeah. Uh, it's you know, you love to hear that. You really do because it's like the franchise in general has to be doing something right. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's good to hear. So now I want to switch gears over to champions. I told you I really appreciated you know what we do at circling seattle sports it's it's obviously seahawks mariners storm sounders kraken rain all at sea wolves you had sea wolves representation which i love to see so what was that like being able to get all of those different athletes together for that i know i saw you and doug um and mike bennett out there at a bunch of different events one i remember prominently was a sounders game where i think you and doug did scarves up but what was that like getting all of those different athletes together? Cause it seems like, you know, 
not just Seahawks related, but even around the Seattle sportscape, that it's in a small a small world kind of a thing where a lot of people know each other. So what yeah. was that like getting that group together that participated this past year? Well, first and foremost, like it shows, you know, the caliber of guys that we had, right? And we had some other guys that 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 probably, you know, other situations popped up that they couldn't be there, but the caliber of players that we were able to get, but more so than anything, man, like the support that we all have for one another. You know what I mean? We're all, we all, of course we like hoops and all that stuff, but we're all supporting one another to do better for the community, right? To have Sue Bird there, Marshawn, Jamal Crawford, um, you know, uh, uh, GP, freaking Kemp, like all these guys being a part of it was, was, or Sue Bird, I don't know if I mentioned her, like, these are all legends, you know what I'm saying, for the city of Seattle, you know what I mean, on top of some of the other individuals that were there, so uh, it, it was just cool, man, it's kind of what we we envisioned going into it, we hoped for it to continue to keep getting bigger, but it also sheds light on uh, the type of caliber of people that are, that are either from Seattle or that have played here, right? Like Jamal Crawford, for example, big, big, I've been a fan of Jamal Crawford forever. And one of the running jokes, I say jokes loosely, uh, between my friends and I, when I was playing in the league was, man, you like the Jamal Crawford of the league. And like, <laughs> first time I heard him, I'm like, what you mean? It was J Jamal Crawford and Wale, actually, uh, the rapper. He's like, what you mean? I'm, uh, and they're like, bro, like, your peers respect you. You got game. It's just, you never got the notoriety like the rest mm. of the guys. Mm. But your peers would put you in, in a top caliber of, of players that's, that's in the league, right? And Jamal's that guy. Like, Jamal, like, the sixth man of the year multiple times and, like, never been an all-star, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's crazy. But you think about what he's been able to accomplish, it's, it's unreal. And the mo and the first time I met him, I almost fanned out on him. Like, bro, like, I'm <laughs> such, you know what I mean? And so down to earth, right? So, and now he's like my guy, like, you know what I mean? We, we're, we're, all, we're constantly talking or whatever. And and just seeing what he means to the city of Seattle. And, hey, bro, you want to play in this game, man? It's for charity. Well, hey, count me in. You know what I mean? It's nothing. So, so like, it's just the caliber of different individuals that are from here, that have played here. It's just, it's just I'm not surprised at all the success that all these individuals that were a part of that have in this city because of, of, of who they are and what they're able to do. That's so great to hear, you know, especially with like the crossover with what Jamal does year yeah. in, year out, you know, to to hear that, though, about like the 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 caliber of character I think you talked about. That's again, it's just awesome to hear about, you know, you get a sense of pride in that. I know you said you might not be able to talk about it, but <laughs> I mean, at least in, in reading press releases and following along with the event and having photographers on site, it seemed like this was something that you wanted to have as an annual event. Um I mean, again, I don't want to push you if you're not supposed <laughs> to mention anything, but like, I'm sure there are plans. Is it plans to, because I'm sure, you know, you're, you were a pro athlete and you got better as seemingly as the year, the years went on in your career. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, and even now in, in your life, you're continuing to succeed in these things, these avenues that you pursue. I mean, are there things that you'd like to add or do differently with champions of change? Or is that something that, you know, you're going to continue to work, see what works well, and at the end of the day, it, it does benefit uh, those in need, which is ultimately the goal. But is, wow. are there change or updates that you'd like to add? Like, again, I don't want to push you yeah. for things you can't talk no, no, about. No, for sure. No, I, th I think um, the big thing is going to be, uh, of course, we want to do it again. We want to do it annually. Hopefully, we can keep this thing going until they get an NBA team. Hey, and when they get that, maybe we can get some NBA guys, a part, more NBA guys a part of it. But 
Um, at the end of the day, man, it's all it's all for a great cause, right? It's all about supporting different organizations that really sometimes honestly don't get enough light shed on them for what they what they bring to the community. So that's what it boils down to, man, is we want to continue to keep supporting these organizations, we want to continue to keep being a part of uh of shedding light on them so they can continue to get funding and continue to keep doing the great work that they're doing. But of course, man, any like what you'll know about athletes in general is, man, we, we're we're never satisfied. We're always finding ways to get better. And, and that's what we want to do with Champions of Change, man. We want to continue to keep finding ways to get better, continue to uh, elevate, I guess, the, the celebrities or whoever else, the experience overall. We want to continue to keep getting better at all that stuff. And um, that's the ultimate goal. And that's what we're going to continue to try to keep doing. I'm I'm really excited to see that keep going and you know see see how long you can keep dunking for man. I mean that was <laughs> <laughs> Trust um, me man, I, it's it's like you don't understand how serious Doug and myself take it. Oh. And it's from a sense of training like this, this during the off season last year like I was training with Jamal, I was training with IT, I was training with the guys at UW like just trying to make sure that uh I, I can put on somewhat of a decent show. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, and basketball is my first love as well. So, uh, yeah, no, we want to keep building. Uh, so now is where I want to get into this real estate game. Because, again, you know, it, I'm curious. I know, you know, as I mentioned to you before we started, you know, you talked about in a different interview, staying in your own lane, you know, working on family properties. Where did that start? Where did real estate really pick up for you? I know that there are a few guys uh, – at least athletes in general that will go into real estate, but for you, for Cliff Averill, where did that really, you know, that idea went, Hey, I can do this. Let's get to work on it. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I, I mentioned this probably in the same interview that you might've seen, but, um, I think the big thing was, man, like I, being here in Seattle, obviously winning the Super Bowl, And I jokingly say this, like in Seattle, you know, uh, well, as a professional athlete, most times than not, if you think about the Detroits, you think about Jacksonville, you think about some of these small Cleveland, Cincinnati, like some of those smaller markets, the athletes are probably some of the highest earners in those cities, right? Mm -hmm. But in Seattle, I say this jokingly, like we might not come top 2,000 or 3,000 because there's so many people that are doing some cool stuff out here, innovative and everything else. But, and I've been blessed to meet, you know, some of these different individuals and, you know, we're just talking about through different things and, and what they got going on. And every time I meet with them, it, there's 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 some kind of real estate play uh, there. You know, they might not be in the, necessarily be in the real estate game, but they own real estate. And I kept trying to figure it out, kept trying to understand. And there's so many dynamics to real estate that make sense. And for me, it was like, man, if if the ultra wealthy are doing this, like it's something I need to dive into. Right. And and so as I dove into it and I started doing more real estate stuff while I was playing. And then uh, when I retired, I tried some different things, media and stuff like that. And the thing that kept calling me was real estate. Hmm. And the biggest thing about it and creating my company, CA Family Properties, is the biggest thing. And the reason why is I want to be able to help my family and friends create generational wealth through real estate. Um, and, and like, that's my purpose, but I also wanted to learn the game first before I can go start mm. telling people about it. Right. And showing people how it works and all this other stuff. I wanted to learn the game first. So that's the phase I'm in right now, learning the game, creating avenues, uh, you know, as, as I learn building out my portfolio. And then now I'm going to start having family and friends, like basically, you know, we're doing calls and different things like that to learn about this. And so when they're ready to jump into it, you know, they kind of. They kind of have the landscape because 
people from where, where I'm from, we 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 don't have the opportunities or have the information um, or know about the information uh, on real estate and, and how it can be a game changer. So with that being, I know you talked about the uh, how real estate just kind of kept calling you back in this post playing career. Obviously, you're a father. Right. And you've got the real estate game, which I know is its own beast. But have you been looking into anything uh, else post playing career endeavor wise? I know you do a bunch of different stuff charity wise. It was really cool to see Cliff's crew uh, with Alaska Air, you know, talked about 360. Uh, You've got your the Cliff Averill Family Foundation. I mean, you keep yourself busy. Right. But is Cliff Averill like continuing to push the needle and look for things to to do? Or is it? Like like I kind of mentioned earlier, with what you've got going on, you're happy with the situation right now, and you're just trying to get better in that current situation. Man, I'm always looking. Like I said, right, we're always trying to find ways to get better. Um, and and I'm constantly trying to, you know, find different things that that can make me better uh, collectively. But my plate is pretty full uh, now. I'm trying to get another plate to to be able to stack some more stuff, I guess. <laughs> but Overall, though, you talk about my foundation, you talk about, you know, obviously uh, uh, the real estate game, you talk about SAC 360 on top of my family. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm creating systems that allow me to be able to do this. Right. I'm creating systems uh, and and I have a, a great team around me. Uh, to help me be able to do that, right? You know, uh, Jeanette Ousa, who's the ED of my foundation, like she runs the day to day. Hey, we talk about what we want to do, and she goes and makes it happen, right? Um, we talk about the the real estate stuff. You've been communicating with my assistant, Keisha's like, she's my point guard. She makes things happen. She delegates, and she knows kind of, hey, between between these time frames is when he does when he works. After three thirty, guess what? It's all family time. You know what I mean? So like putting systems in place to be able to execute on all that stuff, but also to make sure I'm giving back to my kids and and, and, and my family, because at the end of the day, I'm doing it for them. But if I'm not spending time with them, it means nothing either. Right. So uh, I'm continuing trying to find ways to scale, continue to grow. But, uh, you know, uh, I also like where I'm heading. You know what I mean? I'm not satisfied by any means, but I like the space I'm in right now. And I continue want to, I want to continue to keep building. Well, with that time schedule, you know, I, I want to make sure I, I don't make you late for anything. So I want to really, first off, just thank you for your time with this. You know, I met Cliff after a storm game and I was like, oh, man, you know, like you're talking about with your mom. Try not to fan out too much because I got yeah. something to say, you know, but I really appreciate it. Again, I'm not trying to age anybody, but I was in middle. I, I'm 21 right now. So that was, you know, 10 years ago or whatever. And I was like. Yeah wide-eyed you know my team's winning the super bowl i felt that uh bad because my dad had not experienced that and i'm here like 10 years old doing that mm-hmm. you know what i mean so i want to thank you for that and for your time obviously you talked about i i had you like lay out what you're doing right now but is there anything that you want to leave off on oh man uh well first and foremost man um what i like what you did was and it, don't don't get me wrong it's not going to always work out every single time but you took your shot, right? Meaning like you miss hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and what that means is if there's an opportunity that presents itself to be able to do something, you don't you, like, if you don't take that chance, okay. Like you, you're, you're batting at 0% basically. Right. So you took your chance, right? You, you came up and, and you introduced yourself and, and I got your contact or whatever the case may be. And, and now look at us, right. We're, we're communicating. So uh, you took your shot. And, but for me, man, um, 
The only thing is, man, just check out some of the different stuff we're doing in the community. You know, I always want to make sure that 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 collectively as a people, we help the community and we raise the community up, right? We can't help, can't wait on anybody else to come come save us. We got to save each other, right? And and so to be a part of that, check out what Cliff Aver Family Foundation is doing. Check out what Champions of Change is doing. Um, you know, the real estate stuff is going to do what it's going to do. But if I'm all about serving and I'm all about being a, a good example to my kids by, by serving. Uh, and that's what it's all about for me, man.